Birds are singing. The sun is out. Spring has sprung. Has your wardrobe followed suit? If not, you can get a refresh with Bombas, my favorite brand for socks, tees, and underwear that also has an amazing mission that we support wholeheartedly. Because for every incredible comfy item that I get from Bombas, they match with a donation to someone who is unhoused. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash hard things and use code hard things for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash hard things and use code hard things at checkout. Think about how delicately you hold your baby, you dress your baby and you feed your baby. We do that because they're adorable, of course, but also because their skin is delicate. Know this. There is only one diaper brand that we recommend to give you the gentle protective care your little one needs. And that's Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Their Swaddler's diaper absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to keep your baby's skin dry, healthy, and beautiful. And when you use Swaddlers in tandem with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, you'll keep your baby's skin healthy. The wipes are made from 100% plant-based cloth, and you won't have to worry about tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets it's match. That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Welcome back to We Can Do Hard Things. Hello to our wonderful people. Hello, you know. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the listeners. Oh, oh. But also you. Do you want to know something that I found out today? Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. I think soft rock is my favorite kind of music. Oh my God. Are you listening to that new soft rock station? Uh, Who put it on the car? I don't know. Somebody found it and I, every song, I'm like, oh yeah, let's go. Yesterday I was driving um, Emma home from school. Papa Don't Preach came on. <gasps> yeah. He says that he's going to marry, marry me, me and we, we can, can raise a little family. family. Yes. I mean, so good. I'm so glad you're digging it. What else has come up? Well, you know, I can't, songs? I can't remember any songs or anything that just happened other than the moment I'm in right now. So I was just in the car five minutes ago and I was singing to a lovely song. You don't know what it was? Uh-uh. Oh, honey. Speaking okay. of Papa it's Don't gone. Preach, it's do you gone. remember when um, we used to get together with all the cousins in Ohio um, and we would do fa- we would do talent shows? Yes. And do you please remember the year <laughs> that um, we decided to pick Like a Virgin for yes. our to perform for we were like seven and eight and nine and <laughs> we had no idea what the hell it meant, but we came down. All of the aunts, all of the uncles, my very, very Irish Catholic grandmother waited for us and we came down and fully performed like a virgin, touched for the very first time. Like and a do you her, remember the her, move? Her, 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 Jen. 
Yes. I remember the move. I remember we'd all put out our left hand and go, touched for, for the, the very first time yep. and mm-hmm. touch our arm back and forth. Yeah. Oh, we were, we were amazing. Yeah. This dance. Yeah. And do you remember the faces, their faces? They just were like stone faced, <laughs> just staring at us. I was like, wow, we are really impressive. They are speechless. Speechless. Blowing their minds. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, that was my like two cents for today. Thank you, babe. Random thoughts. Soft by- rock for all. Um, Which is a good segue because I feel like soft rock might be a lot of people's best. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ooh. So we are in this year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> we have decided for us, you do you, but we have decided for us that 2022 so far is the year where we just, uh, we're out of giddy up. Mm-hmm. We're out of all, we're all fresh out of giddy up. We are. <laughs> We are no longer Rosie the Riveters. We um, are no longer full of resilience. Mm -hmm. We used all that up. And so this is the year where we survive by going largely dead inside. (laughs) It's an army crawl. A full on. It was it was a go get them cowgirls. And now it's just an army crawl inch by inch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that thing that you see on the interwebs where it's just like people ask you how you are and you just gesture vaguely. <laughs> yeah, I love the gesture vaguely t- tweets. Yeah, just gesture at everything. Vaguely. Just So we have, though, figured out that there's one vibe of 2022 that we can embrace and that might save us. And that is absurdity. Okay. I think that I am like punch drunk in the, like I'm, I'm dead inside. I don't care about much, but then like my kid falls in the kitchen, like down on the ground. Now that will get me through an entire hour. Like (laughs) anything that is silly or nonsensical or absurd is really helping me this year. And that's what we're going to embrace. Okay. Um, So to that end this week, we decided to put out to you an episode full of joy and love and positivity and absurdity about the things that piss us off. (laughs) Okay. I have, I don't know if I've been as excited to, to record a podcast. Really? Yeah. There's just something about saying the things out loud that makes me very excited. Okay. This is part of Uh-oh, the absurdity of 2022. No, 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 no. About it's, me? No, it's nothing that you don't know. It's nothing that I don't, haven't said. But it's just like, it's fun to talk about the shit that pisses us off. Yeah, pet it's peeves. It's so fun. Because I feel yeah. like right now, I mean, we do this whole thing where we talk about the super hard, legit things. Like, oh, we need to talk about these deep pains. And naming them is helpful. But we feel like these little peevish things that just annoy us are our little problems. But I think naming them and having other people be like, yes, because we are all on the solitary last nerve. It's like we had all the nerves. Yes. The camel was unburdened. And now after two <laughs> years of pandemic, the camel, it's too much straw and the nerves are one. And so this is why right now it's like we could take... We could take 18 months of the people in our house slurping up their cereal. But on the 19th Uh month, 
It's done yeah. now. It is done. Right. We are finished. Yeah. Well, because, and we also cared about the reason we didn't say anything or lose our shit before is because we still cared about making it through well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we, we felt like if there's an end line, yeah. we could, we were going to have our moment where it was going to be right. over and people would look at us in our family and say, wow, you did it. Good. You, you were an angel in the house. Like yeah. you just good and you faithful won. servant. You have done yes, it. What a, what a love warrior you were. But now we've realized that's not going to happen. We don't even see an end line. So we no longer care what people think of us yeah. in our home. Like yep. mm-hmm. we just want to stop hating everybody. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do what it takes to make the things stop that bother us. Yes. Okay. So right? it's every woman for themselves in the house. Everybody now. <laughs> for themselves. So today we're talking about pet peeves. Okay. And so a pet peeve, it's, it's something that annoys the hell out of you, but the pet part of it is like, it's particular. You believe at least that it's particular to you. It's something that insults your soul. <laughs> the Whitman thing. It, like it deeply insults your own soul, but you're not sure that anyone else's soul is insulted by it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a talent or like a special gift that's been given just to you to protect your soul by 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 giving you this thing that you hate, right? About the mm-hmm. world or other people. Do you feel that's correct about what a pet peeve is? I do. This is why I think it's confusing because if you research it, there's all of these things that are categorized as pet peeves that are actually just suboptimal behaviors, like like okay. not acceptable <laughs> behaviors, like talking with your mouth full, you know, um, staring at people like. I don't think these are appropriately categorized as pet peeves because it's just like people okay. stop doing that. Like a pet peeve is some idiosyncratic thing that annoys you and that might not annoy other people to the extent it annoys you. So it it has something to do with you specifically where and whereas somebody else's pet peeve might not bother you at all. Okay. So what are um like, what are pet peeves that are super general to all of us before so, we get into the specific specifics of ours? So common ones are, you know, cracking knuckle, knuckles, scraping a plate with a fork and knife. Like that sound. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the sound of styrofoam against styrofoam. Ooh, yeah, um, I don't like that one. People who talk <laughs> about themselves in the third person. Um, oh, Glennon hates that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> overuse of literally, like, it's literally running cats and dogs. Oh, it is not, guys, not in fact, literally raining Ev- cats and dogs. Everyone in this house literally does that every four <laughs> seconds. When did literally start? Was it the Kardashians? Like who did literally to I us? Know. I don't know. Literally, I, actually. I'm literally falling apart right now. <laughs> like I'm literally, my insides are literally on fire. <laughs> it's so okay, good. Yeah. It's your like, it's actually means directly the opposite of that. What you're trying yes. to say. So slow walkers, losing socks in the dryer, you know, Uh, talking to people while you still have your AirPods in. People do not like this. Um, People not standing to the right side of the escalator, the sound of slurping, uh, you know, things like this. These are, and then there's this whole other category of things that 
people call their pet peeves, but I think we're just giving humanity like a little too low of a bar to call these <laughs> pet peeves. Like I think we should, <laughs> Lovey would say, just do better world. Yeah. Because there are things like saying no offense right before you say something offensive. No, oh, just oh, do better. So annoying. Do or better. after, right? Or after, right. or after, right. Yeah. Standing too close to people, being a close talker, uh, clipping your nails in public, interrupting, Ew. being late. What? People who don't pick up after their dog, receiving a non-apology. Um, Hold on. I got to go back to the clipping uh -huh. your nails in public. That's yeah. a thing? Uh, it's Ugh. a thing that people say is a pet peeve of theirs. Any self-grooming in public, people do not. Who the hell is clipping their nails in public? Okay, so I do think that there's this, this is a distinct difference because saying that's my pet peeve, mm -hmm. that people give a non-apology, is taking responsibility for something that is actually everyone else's responsibility. Like that's not a pet peeve. That's just like wisdom. Right. It's just like, we're trying to have a civilization here. People stop doing these things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like we understand it wasn't written down. Like you didn't get a contract that said we, the people in order to form a less disgusting union will not clip our freaking nails in public, but we just thought it was understood. Right. So like dude on the train, sorry, it's just my pet peeve that people don't clip their toenails next to me. Like, no, do well, better. Right. So that's why we're not talking really about those today because we just okay. insist upon a higher standard of the union. <laughs> but right. it's the little things that say something more about you that bothers you and other people's behavior. Okay. So, okay. I can talk about some of my my biggest personal pet peeve category. Do you want me to start? Yeah, I can't wait. Well, I think you would know what it is. <laughs> I it's know everything. I know everything. And I know all of these things are relating specifically to me also. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> all of these things annoyed me long before you. Okay, that's good. Okay. You just kind of embodied them all. <laughs> no, baby, I'm joking. Okay, so <clears throat> what I have thought about for the last bit in in trying to figure out what my pet peeves are is that they have a category. Most of my pet peeves have to do with sound. Oh, yeah. It's yes. like mm -hmm. loudness, like people who for no reason just speak in a voice that is so loud in general. First of all, it's just, I don't understand. Like no one's told them that everyone's close and can hear. Okay. So <laughs> general loudness. Um, what if they're just trying to get their point across? Pub public, <laughs> public spaces where people have no auditorial yield. Like, I just feel like when we are in public spaces, Again, we have gotten this I, this memo um, about forming a more perfect union where we are going to kind of understand that we're not going to use voices that encroach upon other people's space. <laughs> but you're saying public. You're in public. No. This is a it, public space. Okay. Well, you know, you're not allowed to scream fire in public. You're not allowed to like, okay, you're not allowed to just walk up to me and smack me. But when you stand next to me with your damn FaceTime or your <laughs> effing speakerphone and you have a conversation about your business, like your business is the most important thing on earth and you are almost always 
a man and you are <laughs> speaking so yeah. freaking loudly next to me. It is as if you have auditorially slapped me. That's okay? right. It, it's Remember just the guy that, that was noise having- Noise pollution. The guy that you, you were having a, a FaceTime call in public and he was having a FaceTime call in public and he was yelling. He was properly yelling on the phone. Well, no, I was hiding yeah. in a corner in right. a hotel. And you asked him, you said, could you please, you know, could you please be a little bit more quiet? We're, we're doing the same thing. And he just goes, I was here first. Yeah. And he wasn't. And then he stayed. He got louder and louder and louder to prove a point to me. I'm and just, just kept like, doing all of his what calls. What a jerk. I was here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway. I mean, it is like noise pollution. It's like say someone came pollution. and was and like had a bunch of their stuff. And then they just they just like threw it, threw it at you. It's yeah. like it's like they threw you're it not allowed was, to yes. throw your trash at someone's person, but you can throw your noise all over other people's experiences. It's weird. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations and multiple systems, the more margin you have and the more of your hard-earned money you get to keep. But with higher expenses than ever on things like materials and distribution, everything just costs more. That's why smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. You'll reduce IT costs. You'll cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems and you'll improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks, and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move and expenses don't slow down. So why should you? By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hard things. netsuite.com slash hard things. That's netsuite.com slash hard things. How about the people that purposefully spend extra money to make their cars louder? That's something I can't understand. <laughs> so that I have a freaking heart attack every time their car drives by. I, I it, it is as if I have to recover. <laughs> and it's like, did you did you not get enough attention as a child? Like what? Why with yeah. the loud cars? What about the noise upsets you? Okay, well, why I'm, is it upsetting? Well, because no I no judgment. Like, why is it upsetting? Well, I mean, I think that there are some people who are probably more highly sensitive to noise, right? I'm clearly always been a highly sensitive person. So noise makes me, I mean, you know, when, when you sneeze or when the doorbell rings, yeah, it is as if I have been attacked by enemy fire. I like, know. My and, body doesn't know how mm. to, I can break out in a cold sweat. You know that. I know. It's terrifying to me. I've gotten the look. Like I've actually hurt you after I've just done something my body naturally does. She looks at me with death eyes and I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I, and also it's a sneeze. I can't warn you. Right. It just happens. Like there's no warning. Hey babe, I'm about to sneeze. You know, <laughs> do you know, no another, I'm a big person. It's an attack. Another reason why I think your, your kind of like FaceTime and speaker, uh, phone conversations in public why it's universally annoying to a lot of people. They did studies of this where the 
it it's the fact that your brain's job is to have closure on things. Your brain can't like shut off that conversation. They call it a half a log. Your brain is hearing half of the conversation. And first mm-hmm. of all, you're annoyed that it is intruded on your space. But now your brain is doing the work of figuring out like, whoa, is he being rude to that person? Or what are they negotiating? Or what is happening over there? And your brain is trying to figure it out. And but mm-hmm. you're not getting all the information. And so it frustrates your brain. And that leads to um, wow. to another level of that- annoyance. That makes sense to me because I'm such an internal person. So mm-hmm. I'm always thinking things through. I'm not I'm not really in the outside world anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm internal. So when you come in and with all your noise, it's like you've entered my brain. You've interrupted. Yeah, you've interrupted me. It's basically Even though the- I'm by myself and not speaking to anyone, you have completely <laughs> interrupted me. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like and co-opted my brain. Like now you're yes. giving my brain a job to do that my brain didn't have before. Now I have to figure out, you know, I don't know. Are they going to get through this? Is this a breakup? It's it's going to happen right now. And I have to, now I'm, my brain is involved in what you're doing. Yes. My brain is involved in your business call. And I do just feel like there's something that insults my soul also about it. Like you really don't see anyone else around you. Right. Like the fact that you like on a plane mm-hmm. and then the dude is having a, a his using his outside voice to have a business call. Like he actually believes this is the most important thing, not to him, but to everyone else in this cabin. There's just something that really. Well, it's like vocal man spreading. It's like yes, you're taking it's vocal man spreading. <laughs> and then it turns into a hostage situation. <laughs> and we're all in a hostage situation. And you know what else bothers me is that we all have agreed that we will just all be uncomfortable and annoyed. Mm-hmm. But we won't interrupt it interrupt the guy who's interrupting all of us. We won't say to him, "Dude, are you effing kidding me?" We just all have to suffer <clears throat> silently. So my category of pet peeve is sound boundaries, which I'm going to now call soundries. (laughs) (laughs) For however long we've been knowing each other and together and married, this is, this is the thing, right? This is your thing. And so I wonder, and, and I, I actually, this is an honest question. This is not like trying to be snarky in any way. Right. Is there any part of this that is your responsibility to train your brain to not be interrupted. I don't know if I can not be interrupted, but I fully believe that my obsession with quiet is a slice of insanity on this earth that I am living on with other people and machines. Yes, I hear you. <laughs> I, I do understand that. But but because it's so problematic for you in your life, in mm-hmm. almost every public arena and even in your private life living with me, is there a is there then a, a cause to like let's try and work on maybe not having this thing affect you in such a negative way? Is there a way that we can work on loud noises not being so interruptive to you in your I, brain? I wonder. I would love that. I'm not against progress. Okay. And wow. I also would love to Thank have you. peace and I would love to not be so upset by noise. What do you think, babe? What's your pet peeve. Is it having to hold in sneezes? (laughs) Yeah. Having to hold in sneezes. That's not just like, that's not a pet peeve. That's just painful. Um, okay. So I've got a couple number one, 
like slow walkers, like anybody doing walking slow. I don't get it. I have to text her in airports sometimes because she's so far ahead of me <laughs> that I can't. It's nothing I can do about it. She can't hear me. So I have to text her and say, I'm back here. I've stopped for a coffee. <laughs> yeah. Or just like in general, anybody kind of doing things at a snail's pace. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know. Um, but the bigger one, I think for me, isn't necessarily like sound barriers or boundaries. No. It's just overall like my stuff. Ah, yes. Mm, you know, being the youngest of, of seven kids, I don't like it when people, like for instance, Emma just came into my room this morning and she's like, can I borrow your tweezers? And I was like, you know what? Just have them. Because <laughs> it's so sad to have hope that she's going to return them. I've, I've got two here and I, I don't want to be upset <laughs> because I know that those tweezers are going to come back and there's going to be like a little ding in one of them. If that, they like, even come back. If they come, they never come back. What am I kidding? Like, I got to go search for them. So just like, you just take it. Borrowing my clothes, because I know that nobody will take care of those clothes That's quite right. like me. Mm-hmm. And when it comes back, I see, I'm just doing it to protect people. Mm-hmm. Because, because I know that nobody, like if somebody gives me something of mine back and it is dirty or less than, I'm pissed at that person. Right. So you're protecting your relationship. That's actually yes. very good boundarying. I'm like annoyed. I'm like, I ugh. get this. You know, I do that with people and information. There's so many people who say things to their to their friend that they know can't keep a secret. And then they say, please don't share this with anyone. And then, of course, because everybody knows that that friend can't keep a secret, they then do disclose it. And then you're mad at them. But I'm like, right. you are. You should be mad at you. Yes. You gave that friend information that they could not handle. That's, That's right. On you. That's right. It was your self-control problem. You right. knew what you were getting into. So you're protecting because our family doesn't have any boundaries with things. Zero. No boundaries. I have not taught that Zero. Well. No, we just walk into each other's shit and just grab things. And, and that- like for all the step parents out there or the bonus parents, like we call it, like that's a thing. Like that was a hard for me to to like get used to at first when the kids started to like actually like me there was like a lack of boundaries with body like the way that they Mm. crawl on you (laughs) and the way that they use your shit without ever asking and then the way that like Like parasites yeah I just couldn't understand it I was like no this is adult stuff like this is an adult shirt you're not allowed to wear an adult shirt. Like- our children walk into our room. They get in our bed. They get out of our bed. They go into our closet. They go through our crap. I've never, ever taught stuff boundaries. I mean, the and- middle of the night bed sleeping. I didn't get this. I mean, I came in. Ammo was eight. So I get it more with her. But Tish was 10. Chase was 13. <laughs> and like there were times where like all three of them were in our bedroom sleeping. Somewhere on the floor, somewhere in the bed. And I'm just like, I guess this is what life is. <laughs> no, like I, not only are are the boundaries of my my personal shit gone, like the, the boundaries of space and stuff. And like, you know, I don't know. Sometimes- and Abby has cool clothes. So and, and they fit our kids. So everybody at our I will look around the dinner table <laughs> at night and every single person at the table, including Craig. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Abby's shit on. Yeah. That's something. 
So do you think that that was a gradual, because when you put it like that, that sounds crazy. But then I feel like, I feel like for people who maybe were with the baby since they were born, it's just a gradual breaking down of any kind of dignity or personal integrity or any idea that stuff is sacred or anything belongs to you. I had dignity. I came in with dignity. (laughs) Do you feel like you still have it? Like, or have you gone dead inside about it? No, it's gone. Okay. Gone. That's good. I mean, literally Tish, Tish wore a sweatshirt. She came in. I mean, luckily now they know it pisses me off so much that they at least ask before they take like something that they know that I like, or I just got like her favorite thing, like my new favorite sweatshirt. I just got, Mm -hmm. she's like, can I wear this? And I'm like, fine. She's like, thank you. It is one of your things, and it makes perfect sense as the youngest of seven and not going through the 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 slippery slope of loss of dignity with coming in late to parenting. Yeah. And um, you want the things put back Just put where they belong. Back. And also, there's a little little nugget here. Uh, I'm going to digress. My The little thing that's just like me personal, I think. Are you going to talk about the sink? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, it was really leaning into the borrowing because it didn't affect her. Okay. So the sink that we have, the sink that we've always had, the sink that all people have. <laughs> the sink that all people have. Has a hole. <laughs> Some sinks have a disposal thing that, you know, you, you get to wash the food down and then you press a button or you flip a switch and the disposal you know, it gets all of the food. Are you food. saying disposal? Disposal. Disposal. <laughs> it's, it's like Dispose a, it's, it's a garbage, you know, that. Wait. Disposal. A disposal. I think, it, I think I call disposal. it a disposal. Are you saying a disposal? <laughs> it disposes all. No. <laughs> all food. And my family seems to think that the, the disposal is just for when food goes down the drain not to rinse food that is in on the bottom of the sink Mm. dishes need to get done by the folks in our family the way we do it the dish folks are the ones who have not done anything to cook the food right so i don't cook dishes i go sit down and i get to play on my phone for 10 lovely minutes by myself after dinner and almost every single time I walk back into the kitchen to get my tea and I look down at the bottom of the sink and there is all of what was left on everyone's plate <laughs> that night at dinner on the bottom of the sink. It has been not, disposed none. I re- not. I repeat. <laughs> it's a disposed none. <laughs> it's a disposed none sink. And it's the, so upsetting. The you. kind of rage I'm like. The job is not finished. Mm -hmm. You have given entire speeches. First of all, when you finish your job of, let's say, you rinse the stuff off in the sink and then you put your dish in the dishwasher. Who doesn't look in the sink? Like, what kind of a person do you have to be to not look at the sink Mm -hmm. to see that? Because guess what happens? That food dries Mm. on the bottom of that sink. Mm. Right. Okay. so this is your this is your pet peeve is the bottom of the sink. It's so upsetting to me. Right. I just want to explain one thing to you that I I am. I feel in the house that I have sort of a 
a theory of work, okay? And I call that in my heart and mind, <laughs> I call it the 90-10, okay? I start big projects. I do really a lot of things. You okay? do. But I don't, I start them, I organize, I putter, I do all the things, but I really get tired at the end, <sighs> Okay. So what I feel like is if I'm starting a project in the house that I can take it to 90%, I can take it to 90%, but then I'm going to leave the extra 10. So like if there's going to be, there's going to be boxes in the hallway that, that need to go out to the thing, to the garage, or there's going to be trash bags that need to go out to the trash, or there's going to be some food at the bottom of the sink. But what I want is for my partner to come look at that 10% and say, well, she did 90%. I actually don't mind when you start a big project and all like you're, you're, cause that makes you happy. And also not having to finish something is that feels like an actual gift, an act of service that I can do for you. Okay. Like that's something that I love. Because I'm a starter and you're a finisher. Yes. However, this theory, <laughs> if if applied to your soundries, it would be like 10% of the time, I just like knowingly ignore the thing that pisses you off the most. And I don't knowingly do that. Mm. Um, I also feel okay. like the 90% rule, the the I'm a non-finisher rule should only apply to tasks that take longer than 30 minutes. Okay, okay. I don't fair. feel like, like that. a huge closet organization. Great, non-finisher rule. I'm going to leave all this crap right. around here because I've yes. done my contribution. But the non-finisher yes. rule cannot apply to the 10-minute cleanup after dinner. <laughs> I just feel oh, like right. actually, no, That's no, such a good Here, here's what we're actually talking about, Damn sister. It. it is not a 10 minute situation. This is a five second deal. This is grabbing the sprayer, mm -hmm. turning the faucet on, spraying water for five seconds, mm -hmm. turning it off and their job is done. Okay. Mm -hmm. So finishing, not putting in effort is really pisses you off because you also, I would say another of your pet peeves is. When we're watching the sports. Oh, don't get me started on people who jog places. Right. <laughs> you don't ever take a fucking play or moment off. Like, ever. To me, that's like character. When someone is not showing their best hustle, yeah. she stands up off the couch, gets very close to the television, and makes us watch the person over <laughs> and over and over again. She rewinds, watch, rewinds. That guy, that guy, Do that you guy. you see it? So many things in our lives change, but not our love for Viore clothing. I love this ad. We're so glad that they continue to support the show. It's true. Abby is obsessed with Viore. I am a little bit too. Do you think you have a favorite item? Ugh, they're t-shirts. They never get less soft. They're just perfect for everything, for going to dinner, for actively going for a walk, for working out, whatever you want to do. They're the I, best. Actually, Sleep in them. You you wear them to work out and you wear them out to dinner. That is true. I wear Viore tops all day, every day. And you day. wear them under suits and you wear them yes. to bed. It's everything. Okay. I mean, I love them, but it's not easy to find clothes that look sleek and feel comfortable. I mean, 
I can use them everywhere and anywhere I go. Viore is an investment in your happiness. I promise you. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hard things. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hard things. You won't be sorry. Sissy, what do you think? What is your category? If Abby's no hustle, I her pet peeve is no hustle. My pet peeve is no yield. <laughs> if you're not yielding auditorially, if you're not yielding on the street, if you're not yielding in spirit, you insult my soul. <laughs> it's almost like we're opposites. Yeah, it's almost. Interesting. Like you're opposites. <laughs> I have some common ones. Like, like even thinking right now about chalk makes me want to like, <sighs> like I... It hurts my teeth. I, Why does it hurt our teeth? I don't know. I don't know. It's very upsetting <laughs> right now. I can't, I can't hold chalk. I was never able to do sidewalk chalk with my kids. I'm like, I no, thank you very much. Um, of course, like loud chewing, all the things. Um, then I have ones that I don't know if they're ones that bother people, but, you know, like people who stand too close to the baggage claim when it's coming around. Mm. I don't understand mm-hmm. that. Why do we need to crowd the baggage claim? We could all just stand around. We could all yep. see the bags. We could all go yep. forward when our bags come and take them away. But instead, we're all like <sighs> jostling for front row seats on the baggage claim. I don't understand that. Yep. Say we're doing dinner and then the dinner's all ready. And then... <sighs> Um, we have some delay because, of course, we have 1,400 delays every time. Someone's going to wash their hands. That takes 15 minutes. And then <laughs> and then now it's time to eat. And the, like, beautiful prepared meal is now cold. And mm. my darling husband will just take it and eat it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, that's cold now. And he's like, it's mm. fine. And that insults my soul. Mm. Because I'm like, this is supposed to be a warm meal. We just made yeah. a warm meal. We have we have hot machines right there in our house. <laughs> we could just put it in the hot machine and then eat it as God intended it. And he's like, yeah, That's it's so fine. Good. And I don't I don't understand. I don't understand he's that. He's trying to be polite and also he's like in from a big family. Like we we ate lukewarm food forever. But also <clears throat> sorry. No no hustle, no yield, you're no fine. You don't like fine. Oh, don't yeah. give oh, don't give sister fine. <gasps> yeah. That is one of don't my pet peeves. Don't give sister fine. Fine. People saying fine about anything. How how is it? It's fine. I, you might as well say you are just average and barely <laughs> ugh. fine makes me like throw up in my mouth. Just the worst. Yes. Any version of of acceptance of mediocrity, of oh, not no. caring. Oh, no, no. Of fineness is your, in any form, is your pet peeve. That's is right. one of your yeah. big pet That's categories, right. your categories. I also have another totally random one that, I don't know, it, it's weird, but the, the phrase, I didn't have time. I didn't oh. have time to do that. I didn't have time to get to that. This one has always, always bothered me. And I don't, I just feel like it's not intellectually honest because, Mm. because there's no having of the time. 
There's just spending of the time. And, <laughs> and we choose what we spend our time on. And I want to say very clearly that like I, this is the opposite of that whole meme, like Beyonce has the same 24 hours in a day as you have. Like, no, no, she doesn't. Like that's t- completely ableist and classist and shaming and ridiculous. Like I realize that I have the resources of, you know, a professional woman who cleans my house, a professional therapist who cleans my brain, a very involved partner, a mom down the street who is there for any emergencies. Like I don't have the same amount of time as somebody else. Um, I have more of it. And maybe passivity is kind of my um, kryptonite Mm -hmm. too. It's like mediocrity and passivity. I feel like not just saying I don't have time is basically suggesting that time will either arrive and giveth unto you or it will not. <laughs> but, but, but that's not how time works. So for me, I don't say it because it allows me to actually realign my values. Like it's either I haven't made time or I haven't prioritized that yet, or I'm mm-hmm. going to invest the time next week in that, or that's not a priority for me. It gives me the agency of it to not suggest that like, oh, there's just a dearth of time and I am expected to do all of this and I can't. It's like, no, you mm-hmm. can do whatever within your resources as they are for any given person, just do with your time what you place the highest and best value on. That's not to say that you should maximize every bit of time. That's the opposite of what I'm saying. I perfectly respect people who are saying, um, I invested a lot of time this week in my family. I'm prioritizing my kids' practices. I'm going to make time for that next week. I respect that more because you're saying, you're claiming what your time is. I just want to clarify that I'm not saying optimize and make your time most efficient. It's like actually be honest about what you're doing. And in fact, nobody has time for everything. So, Mm -hmm. but you, but you are making time and you're investing times, time in other shit. Yeah. I get that. What else? Do you have any other ones, Sissy? I mean, I really don't like a passive aggressive CC on an email. Do you ever (laughs) notice that where people think they're like telling on you or something yes. by CCing someone on the email and you're like, Mm-mm, nope, <laughs> nobody, nope. We're not doing that here. Um, yeah. Passive aggressive CC. Yes. I have experienced those and I'm sure I have done those. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, done those. Okay. Let's talk about the things that we do that are annoying to other people. I know I'd have mm. a shit ton of things that are so annoying. Okay. I can well, start. what are some I of I have yours? a lot of them. Um, I um, ask questions incessantly during uh, TV shows and movies. Oh Oh my God. That's a freaking, that's illegal. Actually, I do know that about you. We don't, you know, we barely ever watch TV with Mm -hmm. you because you are, you know, trying not to be mediocre. And so I pretend when you're with me (laughs) that I don't watch TV all day, which is what I actually do. (laughs) You know, I'm obsessed with reality TV and 
I've tried to watch it with you and it is, it's so awful. You can't understand. You can't understand what they're doing. You can't accept the housewives for who they are to ask me questions as if any of it's logical. Why is she doing that? Why is she screaming? Why, why is she behaving that way? Who is so-and-so? Why does she dress that way? What what do you mean why? We don't ask why. The real housewives are not to ask why too. And also you're not 10. Right. Just keep thinking. Just be quiet and keep thinking and, and just keep reading. You know, like and when you read and you just keep reading and you get context. I, yeah. It makes John want to stab his eyes out. He, of course, he's just, he looks at me like, I, I can't believe, I can't believe I love you. You're horrible. <laughs> You're horrible. I can't, I don't know why. I can't stop. I'm like, do you think she's really gonna, they're not gonna let her die in this movie, are they? I I can't. I, I, all the time, can't stop asking. Mm -hmm. I also do this very annoying thing where I say um, in a very passive aggressive way, like, we should do X. You know, like, we need to take out the recycling. We need to, but I 100% for sure mean I would like you to. <laughs> yeah. But or I, even more, you you mean, why the hell haven't you yet? <laughs> That's what you mean. But I think if I say we, oh God, it's so bad. I um yeah, I do that. And then oh, I um am late and I uh, I view my lateness. Why? As, um because I um chronically um, I start going places later than I should. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, now that is intellectually honest. Thank you. But I always, in my head, am like, oh, that was situational. Oh my God, can you believe? Except that every single time it takes me 20% longer than I give myself. But then I act right. like that 20% is a complete fucking surprise. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> That's interesting. I would say that. Yeah, what are yours? I think it's interesting that you have lateness as one of the, your annoying things. And lateness to me is a pet peeve. Oh, no, it's not. a. Pe- it's like a phobia of yours. It's like a deeply yeah. rooted, scary thing for you. Yeah, it's very upsetting to me. And I think it's because of my addiction years because I was so didn't show up for so much mm-hmm. and I disappointed so many people that I'm being late now. It really triggers something in me. Well, it's either like, way, it's the right way to live. Well, except that it's also, I have learned from a lot of people that like being supremely annoyed about other people's lateness is actually has a lot of ableism in it. There's a lot of issues related to neurodiversity that lead to lateness. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that there's a lot of like capitalistic patriarchal whiteness mm-hmm. and like yeah. everyone has to be on. It's very like that's right. Cent- American and you know, all of that. I actually asked, we, we pulled our family last night <laughs> about what is the most annoying things that we do. Yeah. We asked our kids mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting that what you said to me about the most annoying thing about me is how easily annoyed I get mm-hmm. that like Ooh. actually having so many things that disturb me is the most disturbing thing about me because <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, first of all, just annoying, 
But there's like a serious thing about it, Mm -hmm. which I think that probably anybody who lives with somebody with anxiety or deals with the ripple effects of that, which is that it affects the whole family's experience all Mm -hmm. the time because Mm -hmm. everyone's feeling like in public places, they have to like protect this person or they are now hypersensitive of everyone's volume and everyone's blah, 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 because this person has rippled their anxiety into the rest of the family. So I think being so easily annoyed is something that is annoying. Yeah. And and by the way, I just want to like make sure the pod squatters know that that Glenn and I talked at, lo- at, at length about this and this is something she also understands and accepts as part of who she is. Totally. I'm not trying to like point and get her and no. point something out. Like, Although we should do an episode like that. <laughs> I love <laughs> like a surprise attack. Glennon's sensitivity is one of the things that I love about her the most. And it's also, it makes it the hardest in, yeah. in moments to like live with her. And I would uh, bet our family feels that way, but I'm not attacking you. I think that this is who you are and I have to come to accept this about you. But sometimes it's just like when a sports game is on and I scream (gasps) because there was a play, Mm -hmm. there was this moment that was amazing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm on the floor in the kitchen. Like, like how are we being attacked? Are there, are the kids okay? And then you realize Mm -hmm. like, this is sports. This is things. So we have this, like, there's a moment in time where we're, we fight this, like, invisible battle, I suppose, mm-hmm. that is, like, I'm doing the right thing and also you're doing the right thing. And it's just, it's like, like, a thing. It's marriage. It's yeah. like, oh, here we are again where you're being you and I'm being me <laughs> yeah. and there's nothing we can do about it ever. <laughs> That's right. And there's, like, no, there's no point of saying sorry. Yeah. Because nobody's freaking changing. Right. Like, if we love each other madly, if we could have, we would have for each other. No. Abby's going to keep being loud. And, and surprising, (laughs) I'm going to keep being ridiculously sensitive about that loudness and surprises. And we're just going to keep staring at each other forever. Just being like, here we are again. You being you, me being me. And I think accepting that moment, right? Like that, that invisible irkness, that invisible moment where we're both like, I can't believe like accepting like, oh, that is who you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's your annoying thing? Well... I'm pretty perfect. Can we talk about sneezing? Yeah. This is so the sneezing, my... the loudness, the sneezing and the coughing that I don't, first of all, I don't m- muzzle or mute myself. Mm-hmm. You're unyielding. Uh, quite like the way that you would want. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes forget to cover my mouth. I just want to point <gasps> out this, this is a is very common okay. one. But this uh, is not. I suggest it goes okay. on the do better list, not on the pet it's, peeve list. That's yeah, this exactly is this is right. This is I right. I am a former preschool and third grade teacher, <laughs> and I know that everyone gets taught that we the people, in order to form a less virusy union, freaking put our arms over our mouths when we sneeze but as now, an act of. Service. But mm-hmm. babe, now you with too the masks, could be a patriot, Abby. Exactly. Yes, the masks. Now I'm just like, I'm good. I'm just no. like, I just cover the sides, make sure it doesn't come out. To be fair, but have you always done that? Or did you, before our marriage, feel like it was okay just to sneeze out loud in a room? 
I felt like it was fine. Yeah. And it's not. I know it's not. I know in my mind it's not. But I also, the sneeze comes at me quick and powerfully. I just want to say at the end of this pet peeve conversation. Yeah. How are you feeling? You pissed at me? No. I just love you so much. I love you too. Thanks. And I know you're going to be Abby and I'm going to be Glennon and sister's going to be sister. And this is the way that we continue moving forward in our marriage is just like the, you know, because the beginning parts of relationships, it's just like, oh my gosh, everything is so new and you're amazing. And then it turns into um, deeper loving and all the things. And then it's just like, basically, we just got to accept each other. Well, and don't you think that the thing that, that attracts you to each other is like, I'm sure that one of the things that attracted me to you was your like living largeness, was your taking up space, was your boldness. And mm-hmm. that's what drew me to you. Um, okay, so... What is our next right thing? I don't know. Tell us your pet peeves. Yeah. I want to hear from the pod squad what your pet peeves are. And I think the next right thing isn't just that. I think it also needs to be about what are we doing? Because we know we having said these pet peeves out loud, I think that now it's like, oh, is there a way I can kind of lessen the ones that are that are annoying other people around me mm-hmm. and also work on the ones that annoy me because I'm the one that's suffering over here. So it's like, right. is, is going dead inside about people borrowing my shit, what I need to do so as to not suffer myself? Right. Mm-hmm. So going st- dead inside as a strategy, <laughs> full circle. How can we go dead inside about these pet peeves and which ones are in the do better list? Because, um, you know, one of the best things that ever happened to me is when one of my friends gave me a stack of business cards that say nothing but stop talking. And you can go around the airport. And to the man who's doing the very loud business call, you can just hand him a card that says stop talking. I've never actually done it. Yeah. I'm like, but but they're in my purse. Right. And they feel good. Right. Being there. Right. That would be so fucking amazing. In case if you of did emergency. You forgot to mention man spreading on a plane. Oh, Jesus. I want you to know, Pod Squad, that as an act of service for all of us, yeah. if someone is man spreading next to me on a plane, I, and perhaps <laughs> this is a good metaphor for the way that I react to pet peeves, I will put both of my arms. On, I will I will spend six hours on a flight spreading out as much as humanly possible so that I am in pain <laughs> just to prove my point that that dude does not get any of my space. Oh my God. Okay. It's um, upsetting for sure. Single-handedly impacting our environment for the better, that's a daunting task. But it's possible, and there are incredible people who are living proof that setting your mind to something and really being passionate about it will bring about change. The Goldman Environmental Prize is the world's foremost award honoring grassroots environmental activists. Each year, the prize honors six ordinary people who are making an extraordinary impact for the planet. If you look at this year's winners, you'll learn about Marcel Gomez, who exposed the links between a company's meatpacking practices and illegal deforestation, which led to a major boycott of that company's products. Amazing. You'll learn about Andrea Vidalre, whose relentless leadership resulted in California adopting its most ambitious emissions reduction regulations in history. And there are more amazing stories to discover I can't imagine. 
stories more important than these. Find the stories of this year's prize winners at goldmanprize.org. Okay, let's hear from um, the opposite of our pet peeves, (laughs) our pet loves, our pod squatter of the week, Emily. Hi, Glennon, Abby, and sister. My name is Emily. When you were talking about teachers being superheroes like that, you know, whole discussion hit me like a brick um, because I am a high school teacher. And, you know, one of the things that I don't know, you know, if this is applicable for other people and like whatever, but I always think like make it tangible. So like when everyone's like teachers should be paid a billion dollars, I'm like, no one's going to pay teachers a billion dollars. But if everyone said teachers should be paid $80,000, then actual change would happen. So, like, that's my big pet peeve and, like, feeling of, like, a way we could make change is by changing the way we talk about things like that and making real, actual changes that we think people should earn, you know, things along those lines. What have they earned and being specific and not hyperbolic because that's the only way that we can get change. Ugh, that's exactly right, Emily. That's exactly right. And we've talked about that before in terms of whenever we throw those things at people, oh, she's a superhero. They're superheroes. They're, that's just a way of pandering that is more virtue signaling of the person who's saying it mm-hmm. than anything that's beneficial to the person you're saying it about. Mm-hmm. And in fact, detrimental because we're saying they're so superheroes. They can and should, in fact, continue doing unreasonable levels of work which they can do because they're superheroes. Normal people exactly. should not be expected to do that, but they should. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So like instead of a little graphic that says teachers are superheroes and they should be paid a billion dollars, like make a political call that actually <laughs> states what teachers need, which is more money, more benefits, better maternity, paternity leave, all of those things that people who are actually humans and not superheroes need. Mm -hmm. Also, on the pet peeve note, can I just throw out another one? Because as we're talking, it really churns me with the teacher thing. Can we just make a minor suggestion that as you're considering teacher appreciation gifts and thank yous to teachers, holiday gifts and stuff, maybe less of like the mug with your kid's face on it or the ornament with your kid's face on it, maybe more cash money, maybe more gift cards. Like, cause I'm pretty sure they're seeing a lot of your kid's face, lots of hours of the day, but what they're not really seeing is those dollar bills. Just amen. That's right. And as a former teacher, I will tell you that there was one year when I wanted those things. That was the first year Mm -hmm. that I taught. And I was so in love with those kids that I did want, you know, your little lollipop doll that you made with your kid's face on it. But just, I think it is, it is a good rule in general to remember as a parent that no one loves your child like you do. (laughs) No one in the whole world, no one, not even their teacher. And if you're considering a gift with your kid's face on it, really for anyone else, cash instead. <laughs> and with that, 
we can do hard things. We'll see you next week. We Can Do Hard Things is produced in partnership with Cadence 13 Studios. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to rate and review the podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, don't worry about it. It's fine.